This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. One day in the year 1895, on November the 8th, exactly 125 years ago today, the German physicist Wilhelm Conrad von Röntgen was experimenting with the conduction of electrical charges through gases which were contained in a vacuum tube. Suddenly, this man found that the charges were passing through objects that were ordinarily a block to light. This amazing discovery was startling to him. And years after that, a curious friend asked the professor, Sir, what, what did you think when this happened? He replied, I didn't think. I experimented. Well, since the exact nature of this radiation was unknown to Professor Röntgen at that time, he decided to name his discovery with an appropriate title, denoting the unknown aspects of this strange kind of ray that was passing through that tube. And so he named this strange, new, mysterious charge X-ray. Röntgen was awarded the first Nobel Prize in physics in the year 1901. Even as this German physicist found that his electrical charges passed through certain objects which were thought to hinder light, likewise today the Christian comes to know God as he really is, and finds that God can penetrate any defense which we might put up. No barrier will prevent God's X-ray eyes. The writer of Ecclesiastes found this to be true. As he said, For God shall bring every work unto judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's Ecclesiastes 12, verse 14. This verse comes as the last verse of a book in which the author tries to find out what it is in life that is truly lasting and eternal. The author's conclusion in Ecclesiastes is that all is vanity. If there ever has been a man who has tried to find the best in all the world, surely it was this person. Many years ago, we used to use yellow pages to find telephone numbers. They're sort of out of date now. But they had a little slogan, let your fingers do the walking through the yellow pages. I want to invite you right now to take a walk with me in our thoughts as we let our minds do the walking through the hallowed pages, if you'll excuse that pun. When Samuel was directed of the Lord to go and choose one who was to become king from all the sons of Jesse, the consensus of all opinion was that surely Eliab would be chosen. But as it turned out, it was not Eliab, it was Jesse's youngest son, David, who was God's choice. At the very time when the opinion of many seemed to be swaying toward Eliab, God spoke to Samuel and he said, Look, I want you to look not on his countenance or on the slight of his stature, the height of his stature, because I have refused him. He's talking about Eliab. 
For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That's 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Another example. God's faithful servant Job was aware of God's, God's knowledge of everything. And in, in Job 14, verse 16, Job said, For now thou rememberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sin? Another example, Jeremiah in the Old Testament was, was doubly impressed with the truth that God is aware of all that we do and are. Jeremiah 2, verse 22. For thou... Wash, though thou wash thee with nitre, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. And again, God tells this same prophet, Jeremiah, For mine eyes are upon all their ways, they are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. That's Jeremiah 16, verse 17. So many other Bible references talk about God's knowledge, God's x-ray eyes, if you call it. But oh, the casual manner in which the vast majority of people, even today, go about their lives apparently unaware that God is awake. He sees and knows every thought of the heart and every action of the body. So many people go about their lives with seeming belief that they're going to live forever, and there's no judgment to be faced. You hear people talk sometimes and say, if I die, and I say, don't say if, just say when. We're all here temporarily. Nobody is here to stay. We don't see today very many dramatic illustrations of the power of God, but they're all about us if we could see them. God never loses a battle with us. In the beginning, God made it quite clear. He spoke to Adam and Eve, you remember, in the garden, Genesis 2:17. For on the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. He's talking about the forbidden fruit. But as in that day, so it is today, the devil comes to us and whispers in our ear, Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Live it up. After all, this is now. This is the custom of the day. Enjoy life. Don't be so bound up by those old Victorian standards that have gone by the board long, long ago. Well, the standards of right and wrong were set long before the Victorian era came to be because they are God's eternal laws of His creation. We can never have a battle with God and ultimately get away with it. I remember reading some years ago in a book which was written by an old preacher, J. Wilbur Chapman, who told about a man who was on trial for murder. This was a crime for which everybody in his small community knew he was guilty. The man had been caught red-handed. The judge looked in this man's face and he said to him, Are you guilty or are you not guilty? The man replied, Your Honor, May God strike me dead right now if I'm guilty of this crime. Mr. Chapman says that a man of his acquaintance was also present at this trial. And this man reported honestly that this accused man, guilty as he was, had scarcely uttered those words before his hands began to tremble, his face turned white, his lips turned a pale blue, and he dropped back into the witness chair dead. 
Now, on the contrary, you and I can all think of times when things like this have happened, perhaps, and the one who was so boldly challenging God has seemed to get away with it. What do we say about these things? Just don't fool yourself, or to put it in biblical terms, be not deceived. God is not mocked. God's x-rays do not fail. He will have the last word. There's not a person on this earth who will escape the judgment. He sees all we do. He hears all we say. My God's a writing all the time. So goes the old spiritual. Dwight L. Moody used to say that if a photographer came into the country who could photograph the thoughts of people's hearts, he would starve to death before he could get the first customer. I think that's true. Many of us know the word craft as craft cheese. Uh, Mr. James A. Kraft, who was the founder of Kraft Cheese Company, was a very dedicated Christian man who preached in several churches during the latter years of his life. Uh, Mr. Kraft spoke in a church in Miami at on one occasion. He closed his message with an incident from his own life that went something like this. Just before I left Chicago to go to the West Coast on a business trip, a mother came up to my office. She told me that she had noticed in the papers I was going to San Francisco. And then this mother choked up and couldn't talk for a moment. Between her sobs, she told me that her boy was in Alcatraz for life. And she begged me if I could get permission, please go see him while I was out west. Mr. Kraft said the day came when I sat in the warden's office and I talked to him about this mother's boy. And then he said to me, okay, Mr. Kraft, I want you to walk down that corridor and the guards will direct you to the visiting rooms. Mr. Kraft said the corridor was steel lined and very narrow. As I turned the first corner, a big guard thrust his hand out in front of me and said, stand still just a moment, please. And then I heard a buzzer, and I dimly saw a flash of light. And then once again, that guard's voice said, You may pass. You're clean. A little indignantly, I said to him, Of course I'm clean. What do you mean? The man smiled as he answered, Sir, I just took a good look, and with the help of the lights, to see what you had in your pocket. And I repeat, you're clean. Mr. Kraft said, my curiosity was aroused, and I asked, what do, you, what do I have in my pockets? The guard said, well, in your right trousers pocket, you have some change. In your left one, you have some car keys. There's a fountain pen with a gold band around it in your shirt pocket. <laughs> and he continued telling Mr. Kraft what he had in all of his pockets. He said, I smiled as I walked down that card, and then suddenly I stood stock still. For the question had come to me, suppose when I turned the next corner, Jesus would stick out his hand and say, stand still, Mr. Kraft. I want to see if you're clean inside. He said, my mind flashed back over my life. And, and then I heard myself whisper, Master, am I clean inside? Over and over again in the New Testament, we find a recurring phrase which goes something like this. 
and Jesus knew their thoughts, but Jesus perceived their wickedness, but he knowing their thoughts, for he knew what was in man. Over and over, so many references talking about Jesus' knowledge, not just of the outside, but what's in our thoughts. There was a minister who once dreamed that he had died. He stood now before the judgment seat of God. He was asked the question, have you always been true? And he answered, had to answer honestly, no, I haven't. Well, have you always been kind? And the answer had to be again, no, I haven't. Have you always been just? Again, no. And then he said, I, I thought my time had come. But just then, Jesus stepped forward and he said, Father, this man stood for me down in the world on earth. I'm going to stand up for him here. That's what Jesus said. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And so as God looks down on your heart and mine this morning, what does he see? It may be that you feel that you're not serving God right now like you know you should because your heart is not right with God. Oh, yes, you may be interested in the work of God. You're, you're sympathetic, but you are an inactive, silent spectator insofar as the work of God is concerned in your life. God knows your heart. His x-rays come straight to the source, past all the excuses and the defense that we try to put up, explaining why we're not what we should be. There's a beloved old song that we like to hear many times. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Many people interpret that song correctly so as the fact that God is watching over his children. He's looking out for us. But there's another aspect of that. God's eye is not only on the sparrow in that sense, but his eye is on us. To guide us, yes. But to look past all those things that we try to give as excuses. And so if you're ready, even now, to submit your life fully to God, maybe you've made that profession before, <clears throat> but you want to do that in a way you've never done it before, then God is ready at this moment to give you a brand new quality of life, one which is filled with joy and happiness you did not even know existed. The next step is yours. Will you take it? Oh God, thank you so much for the fact that you do love us. And even in our trespasses and our sins, Jesus came to die for us so that we could have freedom and redemption and cleansing from those sins. Father, we pray that in these sacred moments now, we might come to that place where we rejoice in Jesus, what he's done for us, or what he will do for the one who has not surrendered life to him yet. Father, thank you for the fact that your x-rays are accurate with our lives. And thank you also, God, that you don't give us justice, but you give us mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, and his shed blood for us to cleanse us, to redeem us, and to redirect our lives
into a joyous, meaningful path. This our prayer we offer in his matchless name. Amen.